first ever Beyond the Vibe Halloween special, we're joined by Scott Taylor of Mason Hill. First grew up on, I was probably one of the last kids to have tapes. So I remember getting the Jimi Hendrix experience on tape. That was my first kind of introduction to music that wasn't, you know, whatever was on the TV or radio at the time. And it's just me, the guys and the audience. And that's it. So that's the only, so the only two options I've got is to jam with the bands and be like this on the stage or to look every single person in the eye. And we got to that song and people just started jumping. And we're like, oh. So then we started jumping. Yeah. We didn't start it. And we were like, and then I realized how hard it is to sing and jump. I figured it out now. I figured it out now. You've just got to like, for me, you've got to keep contact of the microphone to your nose. So you're not, sh- if you're like this, you're like shaking about, that's a bad still. That's a bad. <laughs> right, I'll just be, that. he'll save that. I'll be waiting with my camera. <laughs> that cuts deep into the world of music. My name is Aaron Day, the guitarist UK band These Wicked Rivers, and I'm here with the man holding the microphone to my face, music videographer and photographer, is Mr Ryan Vasey. It is. <laughs> we're, we're a mic down, but we're still going. Um, you know, on. Yes, we had our own type of horror <laughs> for Halloween this time. Because, uh, yeah, we have temperamental mics, but we charge forward. As we always do. I mean, that's it. We ask, it's, a, it's a trick. It's a trick. Because trick or treat Halloween. Of course. Context. <laughs> yes. Um, we were pondering, because it's Halloween, um, scary things. Uh, you know, like like what what can we think of that that was scary that we could tie in? So I I initially thought Black Sabbath. <laughs> you know, Black, Black Sabbath's album cover for the first album is terrifying, and it still is. It looks terrifying. I mean, I always think with Sabbath, imagine hearing the song Black Sabbath in 1970. I mean, imagine how terrifying that must have been. And then when my dad talks about because I always used to be terrified of Slipknot. Like when I first used to see him on Kerrang, you know, you'd watch some of them videos, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a nice lad, you know what I mean? You scared the shit out of me. And my dad said that he was the same when he first put Master of Puppets on the record player, like by Metallica, because it was so heavy and they'd never heard anything like it. It was, it was, that was scary to him, you know. And now look at where we are now, you know, we have some right heavy bands, don't we? Yes, I mean, it, it was int- the thing that I always remember when you spoke about that was uh, there was this Black Sabbath documentary. And uh, Tony Iommi spoke about when they first struck up and started playing the song Black Sabbath. Um, there was women that, that started screaming and running out of the building because it was like something completely different. So it, but it's strange to think because it's like, well, now that's like, you know, not, I mean, you've got more, it's way more extreme bands than that. Of course, we had Cradle of Filth at one point on the show. Um, you know, it's. I've got a good scary story to do with Sabbath. Right, in the early days, um, Geezer, because they asked Geezer if he ever messed with the occult and stuff, and I think naturally it was around that scene, and Geezer said he used to have an upside-down cross at the end of his bed, right, as you do, and um, and he remembers, before he wrote, he wrote the song Black Sabbath because he woke up in the middle of the night and saw a dark figure at the end of his bed reaching out to him, and that's the whole sort of like, what is this that stands before me? From the song, um, so yeah, scary, scary story number one. I mean, I think it's scary stuff. I think it's Saint Anger. That's pretty scary, isn't it? Um, the last few albums with Ozzy with Sabbath, they were pretty scary. Um, I'm mainly just thinking of shit albums, really. That yes, I, I think for me, Saint Anger 
could take that because of that snare. Yes. <laughs> you know, I often wake up at night in horror because of the snare. Don't blame you. I mean, on a more positive note, less scary, uh, this week we've got Mason Hill. Yes, we do. Um, it was a great chat, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah oh, I love Scott, man. I think he's, I think he's a legend of the scene. And we're Mason a little on that level with wagons, where it's, it feels like they're very much a fan band. You know, the, the when we get into it in the interview, because it was such uh, quite a large amount of time between kind of when they came up, came onto the scene and the release of their debut album, the Top Twenty debut album. Um, we kind of get into how the fans supported them through that time and how they were basically selling an EP for sort of five years and how it was important that they really spent time with it to make it the awesome album it was, which I thought was really interesting. Yes, and uh, you can hear all about that now. So we're here with Scott Taylor, lead singer of Mason Hill. Thanks for joining us, brother. Mm. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. So on this show, uh, we like to take a look at musicians' origins. Um, so with that in mind, when was the first time you remember hearing music and thinking like, "This is what I want to do"? Was did you have like a moment? Um, yeah, kind of. I, I first grew up on I was the, well, probably one of the last kids to have tapes, so I remember getting the Jimi Hendrix Experience on tape. That was my first kind of introduction to music that wasn't, you know, whatever was on the TV or radio at the time. And then, you know, I started playing guitar very badly, and then and then quickly met James because we met in a music class in second year of high school. That probably I probably got Jimi Hendrix stuff in like first year. That was probably what maybe eleven or something. So yeah, it wasn't actually that kind of after. And then James had done like stuff. Like he 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 had a weird start where he was quite young and actually got like quite big and endorsed and all that stuff. And then wow. moved up to Scotland and basically started from zero again. Mm. So he, he was, yeah, he was kind of, we, we gelled very well and he was quite very good in the guitar. So then I just started playing with him more and it, I'd never really seen it as anything special or, or, or something to kind of hold on to. But when we got to maybe third year together, it got to the stage where there was no singers around. And my experience up until that point had been singing in the shower and shit like that, like proper just <laughs> just stupid stuff and like probably like really embarrassing pop songs and shit. But for some reason I tried it and I, <clears throat> I wasn't very good, but I was better than James. <laughs> that was the sort of bed, like what we, we say, like one of us need to sing. So whoever's better sings and I, I was better than James and we were both very bad at that time. Um, <laughs> And then that was that was kind of it for there because we were in a band called like Between the Fist or something like something really cheesy, and then it was Black Velvet, which oh, James chose the name. Yeah, mm -hmm. James chose that name. And then oh, and then of course Mason Hill, and and then here we are. Here we are. And old old men. <laughs> well, it's interesting, Scott, because we have this regularly on the vibe where singers seem to they either flourish and they've gone through you know kind of school choirs and all that kind of thing or there's the route that you've taken where it's kind of like it's a pressured thing and i always think it's interesting for fans of bands because someone like yourself i've always seen when we've gigged with rivers and stuff like you just seem like such a natural front man and mm. such a natural vocalist you know, you've got such a strong voice and presence about your man so it's always weird when you hear these stories and, <laughs> and it wasn't like that natural thing like how long did it take you to kind of fall into that that role where it started to feel more natural 
A long time, a long time. Because I, I was very, I was a very shy person, and I, to be fair to this day, I still am. I uh, like I cower away from crowds of, of rooms. It's, it's a weird, weird job I have for the type of person I have. Um, and it's it just I had to first off my first problem when I started was I was still playing the guitar, mm. so I would use that as my coping mechanism to do a show, mm. and I'd and I'd have my guitar, and I would just sing and I'd sing at the mic like this, and I'd look at the crowd sometimes and go hi, <laughs> and I'd, I'd be me, and then it got to the point where Mason Hill was getting to a good point beyond my guitar level level skills basically james was writing stuff that i, I just couldn't perform because um, i wasn't very good honestly so once mark came in and replaced me in that aspect i was i was the scared man do you know what i mean I, I i okay i just had the microphone i just had this for a while i had a stand and then so i would sort of use that to then be a coping so then and then i'd be like i'd, I'd go like 70s you know, well, this shit, and sometimes yeah. I even have the half. I had like the queen half stands for a while as well. I mean, <laughs> the, because I needed something, and you know, like you look at some of these front men, you know, that they just know how to command and they know how to gain the respect of not only the people that bought the tickets, but the 50, not 50%, but maybe 30% of the audience that has been dragged along by their significant other or their partner. And they can even get them on board. So that's the hard people to get on board that show. And I was like, no, I just got to kind of chance it. So I got rid of the mic stands. That was like my last frontier because that is me. I now can no longer hide behind anything. Mm. And it's just me, the guys, and the audience, and that's it. So that's the only so the only two options I've got is to jam with the bands and be like this on the stage, or to look every single person in the eye, you know, mm -hmm. capture every camera shot, you know, have these wee little hundred moments during a show where I'm, you know, I see someone from the past, and you have that wee minute of acknowledgement and stuff like that, and <laughs> and then just work in that voice where. Like my normal voice is like this, but then when I get on stage, we need to project and we need to be there. We need to make sure that the last row can hear us and you know, all that stuff. It's weird. I've practiced, I've watched a lot of really weird YouTube videos for like motiv <laughs> for motivational shit and all this <laughs> to just try and be able to walk out in that stage. And whether there's one person or a million people provide the same experience that i can to like the best of my ability and we're doing all right but you know it's still i'm still the same person that's notices every mistake i make give you know i notice if i forgot to get the crowd to sing something and they don't do it i kind of shit i go oh no you know <laughs> so you have you have all that kind of stuff as well it's just getting over it right it's getting over your but mind it makes you a better performer though mm -hmm. doesn't it? i think if you the people that have kind of rested on the lowers and it's very much like this is the best i can be you know you're never going to grow as a person because as time goes on the more experiences you have the more you'll grow and take things from you know and the latter of them two examples is how i kind of see you as a front man it's got you know is that capturing people and that kind of intensity you know so sometimes it's that liberation in it when you kind of throw yourself into the fires and let go of everything that's when you kind of unlock your your true potential you know and it sounds like you're yeah. kind of in that in that place right now we've got the kind of the formation of mason hill down as 2013 so is that is that right or is it probably that? i mean it's it was a weird one because we were in black velvet we entered into a, a competition that was a four-piece band 
with another bassist and drummer. We got to the finals of that thing and then lost awfully. Like we we were in a battle of the bands and and we we won Scotland and then we went to do like the Euro part of the competition and we came dead last. It was it was bad. Oh, it was yeah. it was one of those ones. Well, it was because we walked out to twenty and by the way there was twenty eight contestants we came we came last oh. that's that that's what every musician needs growing up do you know what i mean and um but no we walked out and these competitors were like where we are now you know that yeah. it's not not that they were amazing it was just that they knew exactly what they were doing and they were well rehearsed and they just had years of experience and, and playing shows as well and then uh, we, we got our arses kicked and then at that point it was just me and james so we made the demos three songs i think even broken sun was on there at that point that's how old some of these songs can be and then it was like a two year to three year sort of search for the band you know to find yeah. these guys to then as we were a four piece for quite a while and then mark came in eventually and god knows when mark came in when did mark come in <laughs> I don't know. Right. We, we won't test so, you. We won't test you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, if you go from like 2013, like you say, to a demo, yeah, game, it must to where, be to where you are now. Mm. Looking back, is there a pivotal moment when you can remember thinking like this is this is going to be good, or this is suddenly changing and becoming something else? Literally in the last six months, it's been yeah. uh, up until now. It's been quite uh, too much. Uh, no, I'm not. Don't attempt words you can't say, Scott. It's been quite. Let's go back to back to Glasgow. It's, it's more. We have more more of a shit run, to be fair. And we've had some amazing, amazing fans throughout the years that have mm. kept us going because we, 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 we sold an EP for five bloody years. Like, <laughs> like we we've played that to death like like seriously because there was just a lot of shit going on and we went through legal trouble and getting getting to the stage where like the album get ready it's been quite a rough journey with small highlights you know like mm. there's been certain we get lucky with shows but basically fans kind of kept us going through word of mouth because no content was coming out for years mm. like it's a testament years. yeah it's a testament to the community that you boys were able to build around the band and the community itself like you say you know that you were able to get through that yeah. period you know and i suppose that anticipation has probably helped the past six months it, as well you know it has well that's what's finally kind of noticed because uh, we went at covid hit and we went away into our rooms we, we've we got this album out to the world we didn't we just saw the reactions on social media and facebook and stuff like that and getting to go out on the tour and seeing just how much the kind of band has grown that is we're now sort of in that sort of weird feeling where we're like holy shit right <laughs> more people have came this seems to be good so if we if we keep on this trage trajectory then you know we could actually be looking at at, at just just being able to have that sort of basic basic financial life hopefully sorted you know what i mean like yeah, you, you don't we don't you don't need to live like kings but if you can make minimum wage doing this for a living how fucking cool would that be right winning man you know you've cheated, like, you've cheated. that's it yeah that's 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 the dream so it's like it was it sort of gave us a wee bit of a taste like that because like, you know we've we done a tour before covid and Man, we we could have played to maybe two, three hundred people. We played to thousands. Like the the COVID has helped us so much. I know it's been an awful time for the world, but you know, mm. and for everyone else. And, I, and my heart goes out to everyone. But 
in a way, it really sort of kind of the way this sort of advertisement sort of campaign that's went on the last sort of kind of half years and beyond is is truly kind of changed our musical life. It's weird. Mm. It's, it's so weird. We're so bloody humbled, but it's weird to think about it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, so with the debut album, uh, Against the Wall, um, when you had that collection of songs decided and you walked into the studio, did you have like a certain vibe that you wanted to achieve? And, and if so, like, how did you how did you go about it? Particularly during COVID, mm. like, in such a difficult time. Yeah, well, it was kind of put into the whole recording process was in two parts. The band recorded Riverside in Glasgow, and I didn't. And the vibe there was to try and get as much of the recordings that you hear as the guys playing together, mm. as opposed to not playing together, which I think is quite cool, to be honest. So, you know, a bit of trial and error, you know, if one person makes a mistake and stuff like that. But, you know, they got through it, the guys, and it was a sort of more of a feel like say, try and create a weird sort of kind of mismatch between modern and classic mm. because we're not completely classic but we're not completely modern yeah, yeah. Know, it's just so trying to sort of get the instruments to be like the depth of the part of the past but with the modern sound of the future mm. weirdly um <laughs> And then like, vocally recording me, I'd done it in New York with Brian Sperber, who had done like, it done Miles Kennedy and shit. And I Amazing, was, I, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't expect that to come through, but we'd be working with him for a couple of years on a songwriting level. And um, he just wanted to, we just got it done. So anyway, I was absolutely terrified doing that process, as you can imagine, because I'm like, <laughs> just this kind of fucking nobody. And I'm like, oh God. And... <laughs> I just kind of got retaught how to sing over there, and mm -hmm. we brought we brought all the keys down because I was singing very high and very up there, and not very good for maintaining like what I can do. So we adjusted the keys. We found where I was. We adjusted a lot of the melodies to kind of be more in these lower ends of my voice. Found a new way to sing, like so. I kind of sing like this now. <laughs> it's just weird but if I'm recording like it, it gets it, it just kind of disconnects the nose and takes away that nasal sound that, mm. that you can have and it gets a more kind of deep sounding weird weird shit you know yeah, like, yeah. You, you, don't, you don't think about it um, but the approach for that was for the vocals was basically just get it as damn good as possible and just mm. do improve what, what we had already done to the max and yeah. just see what happens. And, you know, we recorded loads of vocals and harmonies and triple tracked everything. And it was stupidly intensive. And it was like 13 days nonstop. But it, 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 we think it came out very well. We're really yeah. happy. Mm -hmm. We're really happy. Well, like, uh, it's, it's like, cause it's been such a, like a, a anticipation and a wait for the, for the debut album. You know, you want to make, you want to make sure that you're giving it all the energy and all the time that it deserves for that point you yeah. know and like you say giving back to the community you know of, of, that have kept you going for that's for so long and i think the album comes across really well for, the, for that sense of quality man for those that don't know i mean you touched on it a little bit kind of going over the story of mason hill to where we are now um why why did it take so long to to, to bring out the album like if you don't mind me asking like was yeah at a point when you were ready for it and different factors come in because we felt the same thing in rivers you know mm. yeah 
So we'd, we'd signed a deal to a label and it just didn't work out basically. It, oh, but get, but that was a long process of getting it out and kind of stalled us for a wee bit. And then just as we'd kind of got on our feet, COVID, and that, then that delayed it for another approximately 12 months or something like that. So what probably should have came out, let's say 2018 or something came out in 2021. But you know what? It had been shit. <laughs> it really would have been and I'm and I'm so thankful ah oh god honestly I'm so thankful that it did take this long because the changes that happened in the last 10% of that journey amounted for an 80% increase in mm -hmm. how well it was like it was all came in the end when the team was starting to assemble around us you know we had new management and just more kind of just more structured, it, everything just flowed better and got to the point so quick. So if it came out in 2018, we'd never have got number 19. Yeah. Never got that in a million years. And it's it's a nice kind of, it's a good stepping stone, you know, it's kind of made a mark on the country and like... Mm. Yeah, definitely, man. So thank, thank fuck, to be honest. <laughs> it's amazing, it's like you talked about with COVID, it's weird how things work out, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, I'm just so happy for you and the boys the way that it has done, because you definitely deserve it just for getting through them years, man, you know, and for the fans as well. Mm. Oh, thank you, and the fans especially, I mean, they funded the bloody album. It's on a Kickstarter, which was the hardest decision we ever had to do. And a month before we decided to do the Kickstarter, we were like, we need this amount of money to make the album or we need to quit. And we were like, do we do the crowdfund? And do we do not, do we not do it? Because we all hate crowdfunds personally. It's, it's mm -hmm. a 50-50 opinion. Oh, you can have, have whatever you want. Me personally, we were like, I do not want to do this, but it was either that or patch the whole thing completely and get rid of the bands at that point. So thank God we done it. And we asked for a certain amount and, the, our fans came out and doubled it and we were like jesus we're just like holy crap thank you and that was that was that's what got us to the level where we could do that so it's yeah it's literally where a fan made bands and we we won't ever forget that like that's that's literally a fan made band yeah. <laughs> awesome man um when it comes to Amazing. getting that material when it comes to gigging that material off uh, against the wall, is there like any s tracks in particular that you you like really enjoy playing? Like something you look forward to? Yeah, against the wall is now is now the track I look forward to playing. It's because people start jumping now. People <laughs> never jumped. So people never jumped for us for our music. We would get the the statutory like chicken nods yeah. where you're just like we're fans of that. Like that. I'm a yeah. veteran on the chicken nod. Yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's, it's very easy. Any people of all ages can do it. It's just yeah. you keep going. And and you know we started this tour. Our first stop was Aberdeen, top of Scotland. And we got to that song and people just started jumping. And we we're like, oh. So then we started jumping. Yeah. We didn't start it. And we were like, and then I realized how hard it is to sing and jump. I've, I figured it out now. <laughs> I figured it out now. You've just got to like, for me, you've got to keep contact of the microphone to your nose. So you're not, sh if you're like this, you're like shaking about. Oh, that's a bad still. That's a bad. <laughs> right, <laughs> just that. he'll save that. I'll be waiting with my camera. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, and then every other show, the tour, more people started jumping, probably because we started jumping first. Like you know, as as human beings, we are one to mirror people. That is the biggest thing that we do in the world. Is we can't help it, but we mimic. It's an amazing feeling though, and it's got when when you, when you're not expecting it at a gig, and then it happens, and you naturally, like you say, that it just you can't help it. It's an impulse to mirror it, and there's that amazing moment when, as they like say, as a band, if everyone's doing it, it's like this. So we're jumping now. Everyone's That's what we're doing now. now. This is what's happening right <laughs> yeah. now. Everybody's jumping. So it's mob mentality and it can happen the other way. You know, if you have a mm-hmm. crowd that's not really into it, that one person that maybe would jump doesn't want to jump. Yeah. You know, so you got to just try and... That's why we always just try and give out so much energy as well to some positive vibes. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get people... You know they've paid to they've paid to have a good night. You know, so like let's make let's try our damn best to make sure it's a good night, even if we're not having a good night. Quite make sure they are. Yeah, man. Now, obviously, you mentioned it a little bit. I um, mean, in terms of the amazing reaction, how has the tour been with uh, the Hollister and the Empire Boys? Mm. Insane, actually insane. First off, Empire and Hollister were awesome. Yeah, they were Great they were really good. Um, my first time with Empire, they were really fucking good. I didn't, I, I, I just didn't know how, I, I didn't know them. <laughs> So, you know, you just, I don't assume every band that I don't know is amazing. Do you know what I mean? I just assume that they're going to be all right. And then you actually get to it. And yeah, they were actually amazing. So well done to those guys. And they, you know, they've done, a, they've done an amazing job. They had the hardest job, I think, which is on the tour, is to open the show. Mm-hmm. Um, which is always a challenge, no matter who you do it for. And they fucking nailed it. I'm very, very happy to meet them. And Hallstar nailed it. Fucking Hallstar, Hallstar. Like, you know they're going to nail it. So there was yeah. no worries about that. Um, and it was just nice to hang out with them again. You know, as kind of limited as it was because it's all COVID stuff. Mm. Mm. But it was amazing, you know. It was... It was... Uh, we felt like we were in a real band for two weeks, you know. It was that sort of feeling. Like, we would just keep going to places and there was people... <laughs> And we'd get the ticket update in the day and it'd be like 50% over the last one. It was like, whatever happened in the last two weeks, advertisement or word of mouth, thank you everyone, because it was insane. Like, honestly, some places were just doubling and we were like, what is happening here? And we just got to do so many fucking amazing shows. And like, I can't, we can't go over it. Cannot go over it. It was, it was very cathartic for you know, try being in this game for how old am I now? I'm 28. That probably, you know, 15 years. 15 years, you know. Mm. You don't realise how long you, you do this for in the hope of going up and down the country and there being people there to listen to you shout. And that mm. if the, finally there was people there to listen to me shout and for the other guys to dance about on stage. Awesome, Amazing. Man. Yeah, look, killer. It's awesome. <laughs> um, now for the next question, we'd like to throw some kind of weird questions at artists. <laughs> um, so for Mason Hill's next album, you've been yes. told that you have to do another genre. What would that oh. genre be? You've got complete control, Scott. Mm. It's oh. all yours, man. <laughs> yeah, you can piss off the boys. You can do whatever you want to do. the power. I would, I would say that Mason Hill synth boy band pop. Yes. Wow, that was what we wanted as well. <laughs> I mean, that that was my logical choice. Yeah, sort of yeah, <laughs> just makes sense, doesn't it? Is Five some... singers. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, full Five suits, singer. white suits. Yeah, yep. we don't need the bands. Just everyone starts being a singer, and then we just <laughs> see where see what the world wants. I always knew that you had that in you as well, man. I always knew that was. Oh yeah. Was... 
breaking to come out. Yeah. Know, and I'm glad oh, yeah. we, we've all accepted that here yeah. today. I mean, we could go barbershop quartet. <laughs> we, <laughs> you know? I might yeah. at least maybe do that for one night of the tour, just yeah. throw a spatter in there. Yeah. You know? I mean, imagine that next next tour. Like Everyone's like, oh, I saw Mason Hill. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I can't wait to see him again. There was jumping on the last tour. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. You come out and you're all standing with your back in the crowd. <laughs> and then the synth comes in and then you all turn around. I mean, it's just going to be even better, isn't it? It's going to be more uh... jumping. It would, there would be, I think. I'd be, I'd be jumping for joy. You know. um, but yeah, no. Is that his decision based on wanting to piss off the boys or just to go completely out there just to see what no, happens? Because it would be so much fun. It would. Think about it. Think about Ah, it'd be so much fun. You can just hit every cliche in the book. Yes. You can just <laughs> get these harmonies going. Just have fun. Mm. All the fun music. Oh yeah, they would like the guys would be a bit like really at the start, but after doing six months of it, they'd be <laughs> every night, every night, and six months, just. <laughs> A dance like dance routines like come on like how good would that be how good would that be <laughs> you could be like bts you know what i mean basically you would become bts but the the, the english version <laughs> that sounds amazing i can't wait for that to happen <laughs> yes. uh, now going back to to mason hill as we are now before then we make the um the synth pop mm. revolution um <laughs> One of the questions we like to ask artists, obviously, you've kind of, like you say, the past six months has been a massive change for you, man. You know, you feel mm -hmm. like that was the kind of pivotal point for you and, and the boys in the band. Where, where do you see the band sort of in, in 10 years' time? Do you have any personal milestones that you'd love for yourself and the band to reach? You know, have you got a plan for where you'd like to be at that point? Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's but it's, uh, it's 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 out there. It's out there. Like, but as because I have a bigger drive than my head. Do you know what I mean? I am, mm. I just want to do that. I want the band to do so well in ten years' time. Touch wood. I would love the band to be an arena touring bands with uh, maybe number one or number two album. Awesome. Mm. At that stage. Um, it's fucking up there and out there, but I, I just oh, think no, I love it, man. Good, I think it. the direction we're going is we 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 will have the ability to hit the masses, and that's that's but still keep our sounds, which has been mm. kind of nice to because we're not we we, we oh, it's, yeah, it's just the way I just feel like the way it's going. It's just whether it works out or not, mm. but you know the music sort of going that way, and and if we just keep doing what we're doing and. You know, just even work with some of the best sort of writers in the country as well, because we're not we're not ego heads or anything like that. We just want what's best for the bands. I feel like mm. if we can get to this stage, we can get to that stage. But it will yeah. take time. It will take ten years. Yeah, I love the I love that because most of the time when we ask people that question, they're always very much like, yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah, well, just uh, yeah. I'm now, you know, yeah, very, just maybe download. Yeah, maybe download. You know, we'd only get that. So I like the fact your bollocks to that. It's like bang. Yeah, really yeah. Band. We're going for the number top. one, number two album. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's all about momentum, man. And I think you boys are really riding that at the minute. So if you can, if you keep on that trajectory, and because you seem so open-minded, like you say, to what's best for the band, I think that's the best mindset to try and help it grow and move forward and get better. Mm. Uh, Definitely, and we're hey, God, we're going in the studio in like three weeks to make more music because oh, that's it is, it's all going very rapid. We're just, as you say, there's there's momentum that we've seen in all this fucking charts that we get and analytics and stuff. It's you just like you're looking through it and like, right, we got to capitalize on this and, and keep going. So, you know, album two is coming. 
Amazing. Mm. Can't wait. Um, for folks that want to check the band out, obviously you've just announced that you've uh, replaced Flex and the Drills on the Stone Broken tour in January, which I'm sure you you and the boys can't wait. Again, riding yeah. that momentum, isn't it? You know, it feels like the natural step from from doing the tour with uh, with Hollister and Empire. You know, I'm sure you can't you can't wait for that. Is there any other dates, little gigs that you've got planned as well as the Stone Broken tour, where folks can check you out? Yes, we have Winter Storm Festival in Troon, Scotland. That will be fun. Um, we have, oh God, you're testing me here. We have a Stone Broken tour in January. We are supporting Thunder in Glasgow in yeah. May. That will be fun. That's in the Armadillo, yeah, which is going to be so cool. Yeah. Um, we are doing a bunch of summer festivals that I can't remember. Oh, my God. I'm so going to get me cancelled. No, no, you're right. We just say blanket. Bunch of <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, you boys always seem to be playing most of the kind of rock festivals and stuff, you know, you're always around on the yeah. circuit. So hopefully we'll see you around and, and yeah. again, man. it's been a long time. I think the last time we could do was fucking, I think it was in um, Stafford at the... Um, Stafford, holy shit. Yeah, what was that? years ago, man. Oh, it, was, it was a right sweat box of a room. I can't the wee tiny one. Yeah, yeah, real t- a tiny venue. Real it was, was up packed. one flight of stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was, it was, and everyone was banging their head off there. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it does. Fuck, it was cool, but yeah, that was. I think that was the last time. Yeah, yeah. I was right next door to the venue that was called Empire. I remember mm-hmm. that because we played that room, and then they got us back, and then it was in this sort of pub. It was like a uh, it was like a wedding venue. We were in not a wedding venue, but like we're all those family parties, a convention <laughs> hall that you can hire out, you know, and get a buffet. And it was like one of those rooms, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's been a long time, man. So hopefully we'll get wow. we'll get the pleasure again. Yeah, that would be amazing. And again, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's yeah, been fun. Absolute mm. pleasure. Um, but of course, before we end. We always yeah. uh, we always finish on a bit of a hypothetical one again. Uh, cool. If if you could tour with one band from the past and one band from the present, who would they be? All right. Okay. From the past. Yes. Uh, is it is it what again? I need to turn the business mind off. Is it what would suit the band to help the band progress, or would it just be who I like? Well, you, I'd love to see yeah, you have twenty dates. You have the TARDIS. You have that time travel device. Yeah, you can go anywhere and uh, gig with anyone. Uh, I mean, it could be a specific time period. Like yeah. it could yeah. be I don't know, Queen of the eighties or right. Queen Pink of the Floyd's. 70s. Yeah. yeah. Pink, Pink Floyd of the 80s, just after the wall came out. That's what I would say. It wouldn't be the best for the Pink Floyd fans because it'd be a weird lineup. <laughs> but <laughs> I would be like, holy shit, I get to see that every night. Yeah, that would be that would be me. And a present, like, oh man, there's a, there's a few, right? But the top ones would be like Foo Fighters. Yeah. I would fucking die. And Foo Fighters and Alter Bridge <laughs> yes. and Shinedown. Like, mm-hmm. see if I ever support any three of those bands, just know that I will cry once each day. <laughs> One cry per day. Just knowing that as that's happened, I am quite big fans of those. Oh, I'd bring me the horizon, like Ollie Sykes, holy shit, that would be, mm-hmm. that would be fucking amazing. Well, I'm going to pick Foo Fighters out of that, out of that <laughs> collection because um, I've just recently got the Foo's love. I've finally understood yes. love for Foo Fighters and I think they're the modern classic rock band, you know, kind of. So we've got we've got Mason Hill, mm-hmm. then we've got Foo Fighters and then we've got 80s Pink Floyd. I mean, that's a wild gig. Yeah, yeah I feel right. <laughs> I think there's amazing. enough variety there. I think, I think that'd be amazing, yeah. After, yeah. yeah. I think it'd be killer, man. Amazing. We'll sort it out. 
yeah. and we'll, uh, we'll drop your message and see what we can get on. It'll be fine. No problem. I'm not. I'm not worried. No. <laughs> thanks ever so much for coming on, man. Really. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for your time. Um, for those that haven't already, make sure you check out Mason Hill. What you're doing? Hello. Check out the debut album, and obviously make sure you head out to see them on tour with Stone Broken in January. Yes. All, all them summer festivals um, that we can't remember at this point. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rocking the ball. Rocking oh, the ball. Right. Bang. I that's think. the one that. <laughs> I can't remember if that's even been announced yet, so I might have just broke some rules. Oh, oh I mean, if, if you have, I'll I'll put it as breaking news now. Yeah, yeah you may. I may have just, <laughs> just to get someone might trouble. be mad at me now. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I'll, I'll deal with those consequences, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right. right, thanks ever so much, bro. Appreciate no, it. Thank you. you, guys. Take care. Take care. Very cool one. So yes, that was Scott of Mason Hill. Um, I've got the microphone now and got the power. Um, what do you think of that interview? <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? Um, it was interesting how he talked about, you know, he wants to be at the top of the game. Because normally when we ask that question, people, as we said in the interview, jokingly, you know, everyone's different. I'd probably answer the same, to be fair. But most people say they're very happy just, that, you know, if they could do it and get paid for it. Whereas Scott's like aiming straight for the top, man. And I, I respect that, you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that thing of like, you know, a lot of said, oh, I'll play download or, you know, they play it down a little bit. But I, I like that kind of thing of like, we want to go in and we want to be like, you know, getting like top top album like, like number one number two um you know playing stadiums it's you know i love that ambition that he has um particularly with everything that they've gone through as well you know they they obviously sp he spoke about the that that tough period about the with the record label um and this long kind of waiting time to you know bring out the debut album and you know to have a, a fan base that sticks around for that long as well as you said just playing those EP tracks over and over and over again but um, his fans sticking with it and playing you know um, you know, pay, paying money to, to fund this album it's like an amazing thing yeah I mean I remember I didn't mention it in the interview um, but the day before the charts were going to get announced Mason were really pushing fans to buy the album you know let's get it in the top 20 and I remember um dropping into one of their live zooms and it was like half 11 at night or something and there's still about 100 people on this live chat and the the positive energy and support around the band was fantastic and i remember saying to our manager Joe, who's obviously knows mason you know being on the scene with the hot damage like i was like oh this is awesome like i really feel like these boys deserve it you know wouldn't you feel like you the amount of work and effort they the, not only they put into it but the fans put in for it as well as they said themselves they really are a true fan band and i like the fact that it's the album wasn't just for them and its success it's for the fans as well i think that sums up the new wave of classic rock scene in general you know yes it's um you know that that determination and spirit to keep going and um you know building i mean it's the, it, is, it is what you said it's with that community thing but they've kind of built it specifically with their band um, which is such a cool thing to have um, you know it's I mean again they, they spoke about you know do another album straight off the bat I thought it was very interesting teasing that was with Scott we like a little bombshell on, the, on Beyond the Vibe don't we yes you know it's interesting to see where they'll go next now obviously it was on about the Mason Hill and the community supporting that but what can people do if they want to support Beyond the Vibe podcast well you know if you like what we're doing you can subscribe of course um, you know that'll help us 
Maybe get more mics. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I like, I like the power. Of it. <laughs> but yes, um, if you if you like what we're doing, subscribe. Uh, you know, we have a podcast out every every Saturday from ten a.m. Uh, and if you want to find out what guest we have, um, <laughs> you can uh, follow us on Facebook as well, where we release a teaser trailer every Saturday and um, every uh, Wednesday. Every Wednesday from ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> what happens on a Saturday, right? And that on the Saturday is when we release the the full podcast itself. But if that isn't enough, <gasps> yes, <laughs> if that isn't enough, <gasps> I know uh, you can uh, you know follow us, and we'll have uh, extra vibes as well, which we release every so often. Uh, that that can be like various different things, like uh, top ten best new vocalists. Top 10 best new guitars. It could be anything. And of course, as you're watching this now, we'll have released our first episode of Beyond the Gear. I'm very excited. Mm. That's, that's where we uh, go out and um, meet various different bands and chat all about their gear. Exactly. And if you see me and Rai, the vibe out on the road, come say hello. And if you want to support the vibe, just click on the little bell and then you'll never miss a video and click on subscribe. And then we'll see you next week next week